Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today we have a very special Airbnb host. She started in 2009 and she has 482 reviews. Really, really incredible. So I'm really excited to be talking to Alvina back today. Alvina, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jasper. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. It's really sunny in Hollywood and yeah, everything's great. So you're in Hollywood, Los Angeles. And um, I know you have a, a, a couple really cool stories to tell us about, about Airbnb. Uh, why don't we get started uh, by having you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself? Sure. Um, I've, I've been hosting on Airbnb since July of 2009. And I've actually become kind of like a micro-entrepreneur thanks to that platform. It's something that they've coined from people kind of using that platform to see it like the share economy for what it is. And I've got some cool stories of uh, hosting the founders, getting the Obama O cereals, and then testing different price points and up to today where I launched a startup called Podshare, which is a co-living space. And all of that ties back into my learnings back in 2009. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's start in 2009. How did you find out about Airbnb? A friend of mine actually was big in the tech world, and she's like, hey, you should check out this website called Air Bed and Breakfast. And at the time, I thought, my God, what a long name. What the heck is this? Uh, and then, of course, I went on it and said, oh, okay, this is interesting. It was really the early phases of it. Uh, so it was kind of a rinky-dink website with just a place to list your own photos. And so I signed up because, hey, I'm into trying new things. And I had two bedrooms with one open spare. And I thought, well, I'll just rent that out and see what happens. And then what, uh, what, what, what happened after that? Did you get some guests? Or, yeah, you know, so because I Because back in the guests. day, it was very small, right, in 2009. Yeah. So I imagine it's, it's very yeah. different from now. If you compare 2014 to 2009, it's a world of a difference. And I say so in the, in the terms of the company, Airbnb itself, and their success. And I say so in the market, which is quite saturated, in my opinion. But it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's them globalizing and being successful, a $10 billion company today. But back in 2009, I wasn't getting uh, hits um, that often. But in 2010, I actually was. It's, it's an interesting concept. Because there were so little listings and they were promoting the site um, to a lot of users, I was, I was kind of getting a lot of hits uh, because I just didn't have competition. Today, I've got so much competition. I'm, I'm still getting hits because I'm one of the early adopters, and so I'm verified and trusted with so many reviews and experience. Um, but it, it's an interesting turnover because... Um, I'm just one of many today. Where at that time, I was kind of pioneering in my neighborhood, at least, you know, let alone in my city. Right, and you have also hosted the founders, which is very, very special. Can you can you tell us about that? 
Right. So I got really lucky to get an inquiry from a Joe Gebbia who said, hey, we're, I'm the founder of Airbnb and I'll be in town um, with Nate and Brian Chesky, the other founders with two interns. Is there any way we can crash at your in your place? And I was like, of course, come on over. That's the whole idea. They came and they brought airbeds into my living room and we spent the weekend together. If you were at the Airbnb Open, you'll hear Joe Gebbia talk about a time when they used to do the photography for, mm -hmm. um, for the guests. And I was actually one of the first people that they photographed the apartment of. And it gave us a chance to... Um, it gives a chance to kind of kind of see where they're going in the early stages of Airbnb. So I feel really indebted, and they feel kind of close to me as well because uh, because of that history that we have. Mm -hmm. So Joe photographed my place. Nate talked to me all about the back end of the site, and Brian was actually out most of the time pitching, which is so funny because today that is still their role. Joe Gibbia was in New York working on legislation. Nate is still CTO, running a team of developers, and Brian is still out there pitching. So not much has changed in these years. I just got a chance to see it um, at a very small scale. Like I said, there were six of them today. I mean, um, in 2009. Today, there's like 600 of them. Right. So it's, it's crazy to see their wonderful history and their valuation rise like tenfold. Right. And for the, for the people who haven't been to the Airbnb Open, the founders shared uh, some of their story with, with, uh, with, with everyone. And um, most people probably don't know this, but Airbnb, when they started, it took a long time before they got any traction. You know, the, the investors were, were uh, not very interested. I remember Brian telling a story that one of the potential investors actually walked out halfway to meeting didn't even finish his drink and um so they you know it, it was uh, it wasn't easy for them to to launch this company so one thing they did is they went around the country they stayed at the places you know they stayed with the airbnb host just to kind of figure out like okay how, what do we need to do to make this better right and i think the photography services uh, has played a very important role um in in the process and, uh, that's right. and that's what they were uh, doing at your place, right? That's right. They were photographing it. They were getting close to the host. It was a very personable experience, and I think that's what stayed true. And since 2009 until today, I still text message Brian Chesky. I crashed on his couch when I was in San Francisco. Joe saw me at Airbnb Open because I haven't seen him in a while because he's on the East Coast. And he's like, Alvina, oh, my God, hey. What I'm trying to say by those examples is it's a startup. It's a $10 billion startup, but it's still very human. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, this, um, what they're trying to always promote is the human element because that's what hosting or hospitality is. Right. Absolutely. Now, what's the deal with this Obama O's? Yeah, so in order for them to raise money for their startup, they made these cereals, the cereal uh, called Obama O's and um, Captain, something with Captain Crunch, but it was, um, it was McCain it's, it's, and... Yeah, Captain McCain's. Yeah, Captain McCain's. And so what, what was really cool, they made it a collector's item. There was a number on each box, and you're not supposed to eat it because obviously it's a um, collector's item. And as a thank you for hosting uh, the whole team back in 2009, I was given the cereal. <laughs> and it was actually really special because then I found out it was going for a high ticket price on eBay, but I've kept mine till this day. It's a little worn down, aged, you know, as the <laughs> company has and as this concept is, you know, growing into itself. But it's still here and I'm hosting still on Airbnb after all these years. I'm still friends with the founders and I'm just excited to see where this leads the share economy. Right. And those Obama O's, you can... Uh you can still see them on the website, Airbnb.com, <laughs> but I don't think you can still order them. Nope. <laughs> That's what makes it so special. Yeah. One time, 
um, a, a pod share, one of the pedestrians took the cereal and put it in my in the cereal section, which is we give away free cereal here. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I flipped out. I go, oh, where are the Obama O's? And then <laughs> I, I just like, who took them? I was like, oh, someone stole the Obama O's. And then I look in the cereal section and it's just there chilling. I'm like, oh my God, you guys don't understand the value of this thing. No. <laughs> That's hilarious. You probably would have killed that person. If you would have I would have died. Oh my god! Um, anyway, so um, so you started out with uh, with a bunch of air beds. Um, I know right now you have uh, you know you have like like twelve listings or something. Yeah. How does uh, how how did your journey on Airbnb continued? Well, I, so I know that you, you a lot of your following is looking to make money and of course have good experiences with Airbnb. So I'll kind of explain the monetization of why I did it and how I did it. Mm-hmm. It was really an easy math. I was never a math major. I was, I'm actually like a left brain kind of kid. And I was like, okay, this is really simple. I, I, have, a, um, I have an apartment and I pay, you know, you know, $2,000 for my apartment. If I get another apartment and at 50% occupancy, I can pay for half my apartment, you know, and then I can have a little bit extra, um, you know, for that apartment. So I, I kind of started getting like a $1,500 apartment, making $3,000 on it. And then I, I, I was like kind of living for half the rent. And then I was living for full rent after I got two apartments. And then I was like, oh, this is so easy. I got three apartments and then four apartments. And at one point at my highest point, I had five apartments. So I'm in the same building, made it really easy for me. So I was my own housekeeper, concierge, reservations, everything. So I was running around all the time. Hey, here's a key. How's that? How's it going? Oh, can I help you with this? Oh, you need a taxi? No problem. So I was like, oh, wow, I can really like, I could really be a hotelier. This is so cool. And then my landlord caught on and didn't <laughs> like it and, and kind of killed my operation. But I was making a lot of money. I was, I was getting a lot of experience and I was realizing this is kind of what I wanted to do with my future. I wanted to be in the hospitality world. Right. And that's what you ended up doing because now yes. you're running uh, the pot share. So yeah. Tell us, tell us about the pot share. So remember when I was testing those price points, $30, the $50 and the $150? This, oh, this oh. is, this is, maybe you can repeat that because... Yeah. Oh, okay. So, all right. I was doing a test because on Airbnb, you'll see many different types of guests. You'll see the couple or the businessman who wants, or businesswoman who wants their own private place because they have to wake up at six in the morning or they want to be romantic and they just can afford a hotel, but they want the full kitchen, the full bath, the privacy, maybe not, you know, not, not, not having a lobby downstairs with so much ruckus. They want a privacy. So I started renting out private apartments for 150 but, but then there's another demographic of people which i would fall into personally which is the 50 dollars range it's the person renting the bedroom in the apartment and, and you're you're akin to sharing but you also kind of have a door to close if you wish um but you have to share the common amenities and then i was like well then there's people who need to save cash for whatever reason and that's a 30 dollars range and they're willing to go air bed or cot, like a roller bed, just to save cash, but they still share the common amenities. They're mostly out during the day, so it doesn't mean too much to them to have their own privacy. It means more to them to save money. So got the $30 range, the $50 range, and the $150 range. And so I was doing these five apartments for 150 bucks. Like I said, the money was great, but I wasn't really satisfied on the sharing economy side. I was like, well, you know, it's like a high buy situation and you never really get to know the person. They're absolute strangers, really. They're just helping your bank account. But the $50 person was really special to me because they actually hung out. 
they actually mm-hmm. wanted recommendations and to maybe even hang out with you and, and in those recommendations. And the $30 person is fine too. Um, occasionally they would be seedy. Um, but you know, it is what it is. It's just, it, go, it goes with the price range, you know, occasionally. Um, so, so after figuring out those pre- three price ranges, I realized, okay, there's two things I love sharing and obviously, you know, paying my rent. So I opened PodShare with 10 pods, these bunk beds, adult bunk beds, you could say with TVs and you have your, um, outlets in them and a nightlight. And then you share the common areas, PodShare. That's where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it for three years and it was really born out of Airbnb. But then it occurred to me that the hostel market can get disrupted with something like PodShare. And also I made a video recently t- talking about curing world loneliness. Cause another thing I realized is that when you travel by yourself, you really don't have a lot of friends and something mm-hmm. like a PodShare could help you, um, could help you just have more filling experiences with strangers. So mm-hmm. that was, the, that was where the concept came from. So it's kind of like a hostel, but instead, instead of sleeping on the bunk bed, you actually have a little bit more space for yourself, right? You have, you have your own TV, you have some, you know, some outlets and, and a little, and a bigger bed. Is that, is yeah. that kind of how, is that a good uh, sort of description? Yeah, it's like a shipping container with the front open and there's a stairway that takes you into the second level instead of a ladder. I was just mm-hmm. thinking of all the things I hated about a bunk bed, the rickety stairs the, yeah. to the top in the bottom. You know, people on the top bunk bed always get kind of screwed because yeah. you, you feel bad waking up the person in the bottom if you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So I was like, well, how do we fix this? By making your own stairway to the second level, you just you just fixed it. You made both parties comfortable. Right. And then having like that shipping container makes you feel like, okay, you're kind of like in your own like enclosed pot. Mm-hmm. And then the TV, I find actually, if you look at, um, you know, the best party hostels in the country, which I never want to be on that list for, uh, you see that it's, um, they just don't have anything to do. It's just a bunch of beds in a room. So they wind up playing beer pong and, you know, finding something to do amongst each other. But with the TV in each pod, it's such a simple solution where people can tune out and watch Netflix, which is a big deal when you're from Australia and you don't have that type of programming available to you. Mm-hmm. Or you can choose to engage with other people. But th- there's a lot more maturity at PodShare, which is just happened accidentally. People really keep to themselves in their own pods if they don't want to be in the lobby hanging out with others, playing right. guitar or eating or playing yeah. Xbox. And, you, and the beds are bigger, right? They're there there are doubles yeah there's there are queen size ones i have seven foot ones because i noticed like people come in different shapes and sizes so i didn't want to put one mattress type you know one size bed and one pillow type for everyone i wanted to be like a la carte like hell you're seven foot tall let me put you in pod two. Oh, you're a little wider let me put you in pod three. Oh, you like a firm mattress let me put you in pod yeah. one you know what i mean right. there's people there people people have preferences and i wanted to um i wanted to kind of help I wanted to actually help them achieve better sleeping and you know experience. Yeah, it's a it's awesome. This, is is this unique? Like, are there other pot shares around the world? No, there aren't. What there are is something. There is like the pod hotel and yotel, which are trying to tap into the Japanese pod hotel. Uh, you know, sexy LED light, small micro housing. You know, the word pod is sexy, like Apple made it cool. And, yeah. you know, Japan, anything that comes from Tokyo is sexy right off the bat, it seems like, from Gwen Stefani's Harashuku girls to, you know, every electronic. So, I mean, it's kind of a trending word. Um, but in itself, what we're doing is an open floor plan. And and people might say, hey, there's no privacy. And we say, yeah, that's the point. The mm-hmm. idea is where 87% of people that come to PodShare come alone. 
So we're trying to not create a private wall because they're already trying to cure their loneliness, essentially, you know, by coming here. And, you know, when when you first uh, showed this to me, I was immediately sold because when I travel, I want to have a little bit of comfort, but I also like meeting people and, and sharing. Right, but to stay right. in in a in some sort of party hostel, you know, in a in an eight bunk bed room with with a bunch of eighteen year old kids from London who are you know just right. getting drunk every night, like that doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah. So you know, I, I'd I, love to share, but you know, so this is actually perfect for me. I would totally stay stay at one of these places. You know, it's comfortable. If I want to chill, I just go into my pod. You know, I I I put on a, a movie or whatsoever. But I can also interact with uh, with with my fellow travelers. Exactly. And what's, what's and in America, we don't really. I know. I know you're you're not in the states right now. Um, hostel is actually an ugly word in America. Uh-huh. Uh, so we we're trying to rebrand PodShare, kind of to make it like the Chipotle of the spaces. You know what you get. You you know you 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 think it's an open you know sexy design. The people who are there are like you, and and we, we try to do a pre-screening process, and we're trying to develop an app which helps you see who's checked into the space before you get there. So you're kind of making educated decisions. Oh, what's the male to female ratio? How many mutual friends do we have on Facebook of everyone that's checked in? That's something that we're going to be developing in 2015 as we expand. But what we're trying to do is like hostels take take one large building, put 140 beds in there. And that's it. Mm-hmm. We're trying to go multiple different small locations across the city. So in Los Angeles, in, uh, right now I have one. In 2015, I'll have two. That's in development right now, maybe three. But the idea is something like LA is so spread out, you really can't see the city by just you know being in Venice or just being in Hollywood. If you could jump around from different hostels, if I was able to give you a discounted or free ride from different pod shares, then I feel like you can see the city much better and you can meet other people in a shorter amount of time, if that's what you're into, social mm-hmm. travel. Right, and you just mentioned that 87% of the people who stay with you are um, by themselves. What's, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the profile of, of your, your guests? Yeah, so early on, you know, Airbnb was doing profiles on people. They were doing verified IDs. It gave you a chance to feel like you knew the person that was coming into your home before you got there. It, it, and then social media, like... Facebook, give you a chance to see what your friends are doing every day. And people show that, look, privacy is dead and, and we're okay with sharing our sometimes most intimate places. So I thought, well, doesn't it make sense if we're doing, you know, a hostel 2.0 or a co-living space for America, doesn't it make sense to create profiles on people? So A, you feel comfortable knowing who's around you and B, you feel comfortable knowing who, um, who has stayed there in the past. A, a guest recently told me he chose PodShare over USA Hostel because he was able to click through the pedestrian profiles and, and see people who were like him or people he'd want to hang out with. So it serves as a way of comfort and to, to say it's not a bunch of, yes, yes they're strangers, but here's them in, in PodShare scenarios smiling or hanging out with other people. Do so you kind of feel like you maybe know them a little bit or the type of person? Kind of like the $30, $50, $150 model. I don't know every person in that model, but I can, I, I can kind of guesstimate the psychology or the type mm-hmm. of person that chooses one over the other over the other and why, maybe. But this comes from years, I think, of hosting. You start becoming really... Um, kind of like a sixth sense for people that walk through your door. In casting and production, they say that the casting director knows if you're right for the role in the first three seconds. Three mm-hmm. seconds. Right. I feel like when I'm at the front desk, if someone walks in, I know in the first three seconds, you know, if they're like aggressive or like, oh, you know, very kind. Of course, then you kind of validate 
validate that that opinion, but we make first opinions on people all the time. This is just from a safety standpoint, from a social aspect. Hey, are you a good community member for shared bed open? Then put somebody that's going to dish everybody, you know? Right. Um, can you just repeat that last sentence? Because you were cutting out a little bit. We'll just edit it oh. out. So, so what I was saying, um, I'd rather keep a pod open for the night than invite somebody who will disrupt the ambiance and the and the peace that we have here. It's just not worth the fifty dollars from that from that person from that bad apple. And what profiles allow us to do verified IDs is kind of pre-screen people, I, as I would do as you walk in, as a walk-in or online with your social media. So, Jasper, I would look at your Facebook, I would look at your Twitter, and then I would say, oh, okay, cool, awesome. And if you don't have such a thing because you're from China and Facebook isn't allowed, we just ask, hey, what are you in town for? Oh, a convention, mm -hmm. cool. Right. So just like they do on the Airbnb, you, you, mm -hmm. you kind of screen your guests. But mm -hmm. uh, your your pods can be booked through your website as well, not just for Airbnb, right? Yes. Airbnb or the website or Hostel World or Expedia. There's so many different places now for you as if you wanted to do hospitality uh, to list. And it always drives traffic. But remember, with every site that you list on, they take a booking fee. It's, it makes yeah. sense. It's a commission. And how do you synchronize the calendars? Oh, that is a nightmare. Synchronizing the calendars from so many different websites, it's the most time-intensive thing of our day. Because we have 10 beds, and in the future, we want to have 100 beds. So how do we uh -huh. streamline this process? Yeah, especially when you're, list you're, you're if you're on Expedia, you're on Airbnb, you're on all these different sites. It's, I mean, I imagine it must be a pretty uh, difficult nightmare. job. Yeah, yeah, it's a full-time job. We really have a girl that does it all, all around the clock. And people have questions and they want to change their reservations or they want to cancel and is it within the 48-hour cancellation process. It's just, it's an ongoing, it's not an easy job, you know, having a, a co-living space. If somebody said, so many people come to me and say, I want to open up a hostel, you know, and I, and I smile because I say, cool, you know, get ready to work every holiday, 24 hours a day because sometimes people come at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, it's a full-time job. And I don't care if you're up the street at a coffee shop. You better run your ass back and open up the door for the guests, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you, are you aware of all those startups that are related to Airbnb, like Beyond Pricing, Guesty, and, yeah. and a bunch of other ones that are, um, you know, trying to make uh, the life of the Airbnb host a little bit easier by offering automated pricing or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, cleaning services, uh, I see them as opportunists. Man they're, they're, managing, yeah. They're opportunists. I mean, I, I call, you know, the, Airbnb talks about micro-entrepreneurs. I call myself a mi micro-entrepreneur because Podshare was born out of my education and success on Airbnb as apartment rentals. I think these people are finding a need and, you know, and, and, finding a and helping find a solution for it. I personally don't use those services. Like, I talked to the... Um, founder of Guesty at Airbnb Open, mm -hmm. and he tried to pitch me, and I laughed, and I said, look, I love your I love your hustle. You're Israeli. I mean, I get it, all right? But the thing is, I'm not your clientele. I'll, I'll help, I'll help, like, stand next to you and kind of, you know, make you look, you know, like, you know, good in any way, because I, I believe in micro-entrepreneurs, and I want to promote the share economy, and, and of course, hosts don't want to do what I do, which is a full-time hospitality job. They want to just sometimes do the, uh, you know, the guest house or the cabin, you know, in Big Bear. You know, so, so, so services like that help them be, like, more hands-off. I personally, like I said, I was doing everything from housekeeping to driving to concierge. Like, I want to keep 100% of my profits, 
So I didn't give away any cuts to other people. Not mm-hmm. to say that's a lazy way of doing it. I just, I just don't um, value that as much because A, it's not educational and B, I don't want someone taking my cut if I don't need it. Like I always feel like if I can't do something, that's the only time I want to pay someone to do it. If I can do it, why would I pay someone, you know? And how do you do your pricing? Because pricing is one of the more complicated aspects, you know? I mean, the big hotel chains, they have, they have mathematicians and statisticians, yeah. you know, who calculate yeah. the prices. Like how, you know, if you do everything by yourself, like, how do you manage that? How do you make sure that your pricing is sort of, you know, uh, sort of in line with demand and supply and et cetera? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really great question. And that's why I was testing it from the earliest time. And I was at Airbnb head quarters, the beautiful 888 Brandon Street uh, in San Francisco, and they were doing a talk on pricing, just exactly what you're talking about. What is the magic number for your place? And they're playing around with different neighborhoods and providing recommendations like, hey, you sh- you know, you'll see an Airbnb, like other listings in your area charge X, because they're trying to answer the question you just asked. What is th- that magic spot? For me, a long time ago, I started doing something called, um, and I even got the URL, same day housing. So it like, you know, discounted same day stuff. I always thought, why don't airlines give away, you know, discounted rates because they're going in the same direction anyway. And for me, it's like, okay, it didn't book by 8 p.m. Why don't I just take, take, you know, take the price down? So manipulating the calendar daily is another part that my, my reservation girl does. It's, it's a full-time job, but it really helps promote bookings because it's already late. Why not just give them a discount? So yeah, the pods are 50 bucks a day and yeah, the apartment's 150 a day. Um, but you know, you kind of try to get more faces in to a space so they leave more reviews, you know, so they maybe extend the next day at full price. You know, you kind of have to get creative and manipulate that calendar, um, which is more work, but Hey, I always say something is better than nothing. Right. And then you have to update the prices on all those different platforms too. So I can imagine it's almost a full-time job. Oh, but, yes. uh, so basically what you're doing is you're, you leave it up to, to her to kind of play around with it, experiment and, you know, kind of figure out like what works. It's always an experiment because there's either a holiday or there's a convention or there's the weather. There's always reasons that people do and don't. December is always, November and December are like traditionally slow seasons uh, for us in Los Angeles anyway. Like it's always hot, but it's a little colder in those, in those areas. And the holiday holidays really don't help, don't, don't help us uh, get our 92% occupancy, which is what we have here at Podshare. And, and we have to really get creative. Like, oh my gosh, you know, whether it's Twitter or social media, like how do we reach out to people? Oh, okay, so there's um, the Hobbit premiere around the corner. How do we reach out to them? and make jokes like come to the Podshire, you know, and, you know, just as a, you know, uh, how do we reach out to the grumpy cat premiere people and, and, you know, like, how do you get creative and price pointed so the people who are here for, you know, screening can afford it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, when it comes to those Airbnb startups, I think a, a service where you can synchronize all those different calendars would be really useful. Yeah. Many people have tried, I think. I, there just seems to be too many APIs and, yeah. and different... Yeah, I don't know how many how shareable... Think, think about it, Hostels.com versus Expedia versus Airbnb versus Hostelworld.com. There's so many different platforms. And then your own website. Look, at the end of the day, if you can book the most on your website, you win. Because again, no, no booking fees, direct line to all contact information, direct line to your calendar, like mm-hmm. that's 100%. But how much marketing dollars goes into that versus something exactly. like Airbnb, you know? Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. So um, I know that uh, you are moving locations um, mm-hmm. pretty soon. Yes. Um, tell, us about, tell us about that. Like, what, why, are you, why are you moving? So Podshare had five 
listings in this building, as I was telling you, and I was making really great money. And again, that's when I discovered I want to be a hotelier, like what SBE does. I can do it. I can be Sam Azari. You know, it's, it's, that's fine. But then my landlord really, uh, uh, you know, pulled the rug under, rug under my feet and said, no, you can't out in this building. So it, it was educational and also growing pains of, you know, being an entrepreneur and not everything always goes your way. Or if it does go your way for X amount of time, you just say, hey, thank you for the time that I had. And you kind of figure out how to pivot, right? That's the, mm -hmm. that's the, that's the term for CEOs, pivot. You got to be flexible. Right. Yep. So a new owner bought this building and basically said, I don't want Airbnbs in my building. Started closing down all Airbnbs, all new leases in the building, have to sign a piece of paper, an addendum that says, I will not Airbnb or list on VRBO or any of these type of overnight rental sites. So, okay, it's not personal. It's just the guy doesn't want what he wants. So I said, okay, let's find a new home. We have three years of great statistics. We've got following 4,000 guests have stayed here. Amazing reviews. Number one on TripAdvisor, five out of five stars on Yelp. You know, LA Weekly called this best place to crash. I mean, everything's there. Like I said, I'm grateful for three years of statistics and income. Mm -hmm. But now what do we do with this amazing location, Hollywood Vine, and finding a new one? So the campaign that I have running right now, Indiegogo, allows us to raise some capital for the next location because I have a lot of investors that are interested in, we call them sharks, in investing in PodShare, but then taking a pretty penny for it because although we did great on 10 pods, in the grand scheme of things, what is 10 pods? What is my experience since 2009? I proved management skill, right? I proved uh -huh. great branding because it's, it's crazy, but 14 people have stayed at PodShare, got the tattoo of our logo. So you know it's like a, a meaningful experience or yeah. maybe a little culty. But, you know, despite proving all that, you still have sharks on the horizon. And how do we bootstrap this again so that we keep it 100% authentic and, you know, home brewed? Yeah. And if you've ever seen the TV show, uh, what's it called? The, the, where, where these investors, they... they oh, uh, Shark Tank. Shark Tank, exactly. Yeah. Then, yeah. then you know why, why they give them the word shark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they take a percentage just for going on the show. I, I forget if it's 3 or 5%, but just by going on the show, they, they take a percentage of your company. Uh-huh. So, you exactly. so, so you're saying, okay, I want to, you know, I need the, some investors, but I don't want to give away too much equity, right? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. I don't want to work for the man. Like, I, I, I started my own business. I'm an entrepreneur because I want to work with people, not for people, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, money controls, right? Money is like the beast, you know? It's a double-edged sword. So I said, okay, well, I've raised enough money for three years, um, and I'm okay at saving. And now I'm a little bit pushed with a crowdfunding campaign and awareness, quite frankly, having people know, hey, this pod share co-living space is closing we have a new location pre-order your pods we call them prepaid pods kind of like a groupon for the next location mm -hmm. you know get people interested in participating because at the end of the day it's a community brand does it really matter that we're here or two miles away i don't think so i think it's the design of the pods and i think it's the community with the people getting tattoos and i, I think it's a really high return rate 14 percent, as opposed to the national average of seven percent return rate in the u.s you know all these numbers prove the, the rate is good. The community size is good, you know, around 10, 15, 20 people, something small. The location, of course, by metro is important. But you learn a lot of things just by opening one up, you know. Mm -hmm. It's something that business school can't teach you, I think. So you're doing the crowdfunding campaign right now. Yes. Um, so I don't know if all the listeners know exactly what that means. Can you explain a little bit about how this works and what people can, how people can support you and what they get in return, etc.? Yeah, I think everybody 
everybody's pretty familiar with like kickstarter.com i'm on indiegogo.com because one of my good friends slava rubin is the ceo so uh, i was like okay well let me support again i i'm really big into small business and supporting um founders and you know micro entrepreneurs a small business and so i said okay let's get on the indiegogo platform and see what we can raise so we got um we got started just a few days like a week ago we just launched our campaign we're at twenty eight hundred dollars right now we're asking for 50 but we have you know 50 more days so we um we're marketing it as a way for yeah, coupon style prepaid pods and awareness mm -hmm. so people can go on indiegogo they can uh, they can pre-order a pot, so basically means they pay a certain amount now, and they get mm -hmm. to stay in one in one of the pots later, right? That's right. And for this location, what we're doing is a Podshare Labs. Podshare Labs is like a co-working space, cyber cafe, lounge with great coffee, and also like a little mini production place where you can do Instagram videos or record uh, like what we're doing right now, voiceover, or you know have Skype calls inside of a booth. So I'm going to create this for any pedestrian. In the past, they can come and work here, um, you know, just a couple of free days. But as long as you're a guest at Podshare, I want you to be able to come to this lounge at Hollywood and Vine and use all the amenities for free just because we are so happy to have this community of pedestrians. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's going to be great. Um, you know, uh, on, those, on those Kickstarter and crowdfunding things, they also have like these special... Things that you can buy, right? You can reserve yeah. the port share, but you can also, um, you can you have these special things where you pay a thousand dollars and then and then you're gonna do something crazy, right? Yeah, they called <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> so. um, yeah, my crazy. Um, I'm trying. I wanted to raise a little bit more money before introducing something really crazy. I have I have something on the horizon that is is pretty fun. I have a couple of friends that I work for because um, I shoot video, and uh, I'm, I'll introduce a couple of really fun perks. Right now, the only crazy is having me fly out to you in, in that blue dress in the video, uh, which is maybe not so crazy at all. But I'm going to introduce some really fun perks in the next sixty days. I think people recognize the you know the celebrity's name and get really excited. And get behind the project i just want to see how how, how what how, you know what our legs look like on its own and then i'll bring in the big hitter you know awesome so everybody go check out uh alvina's uh, uh, campaign i'll put the link in the show notes and uh then uh, you can pre-book your pot you can pre-book your pot for if you're gonna come to los angeles in the future um by when do you think you're your, your building is going to be um, good to go, but by when are you going to be opening? So we think uh, we're on March, April 2015. The lounge is going to be open like January 15. That, that's not, you know, within 30 days we have the lounge and anybody who crowdfunds and supports us, come over. I'll give you guys coffee. I've got parking. Come hang out. Use the Wi-Fi. If you support us, we'll always support you. We're very, very loyal in that regard, which, again, goes back to Airbnb's um, hospitality from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I always hope to provide big thanks to anybody that supports us. So come and take advantage of the lounge at Hollywood and Vine. As, you know, if you even deposit $1, really, means it means a lot. But if you, um, if you want to book a prepaid pod, we're looking at March, April here in Los Angeles. Awesome. Great. Well, I'll be in Los Angeles uh, end of January, so I'll definitely hop by and uh, yes. take that free cup of coffee for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Come hang out with us. It's going to be an amazing, beautiful Podshare lab space. Awesome. Well, uh, Elvina, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I think this is a really cool story, and uh, I can definitely recommend everybody to check out your uh, your campaign because those, those pots are just 
they're just awesome and i you know <laughs> i really like the idea of like creating this community and yeah. um it's it's just awesome i i look forward to uh to come and hang out um so thank That's you for great. thank you so much and thanks everybody for listening uh of course i'm going to put all the links uh to all the the things that we mentioned in this episode in the show notes so you don't have to write them down you can look it up and uh of course every monday and thursday we have another episode coming up if you want to know more about airbnb hosting of course you go to getpaidforyourpet.com you can get some free chapters of our book you can also go to amazon and you just search for airbnb and uh, we're usually on top sometimes even above the airbnb logo which uh, i don't know if brian likes that but <laughs> we like it so um so thanks everybody <laughs> yeah yeah you can check that uh thanks everybody and we'll see you next time get paid for your pet get paid for your pet get paid for your pet